Good evening and welcome to Spirit of Grace Church. So glad that you're able to join us tonight and I pray that something that would be said tonight would uh, register in your spirit and that you would draw closer to the Lord. Uh, I, I want to speak out of the book of Luke, the second chapter, and a lot of times this would be classified kind of as a Christmas story, but I want to bring it out in a different measure. And uh, I'm going to read from Luke chapter 2, verse number 8, and finish at verse number 20. Praise God. It says this, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem, let's see this thing that happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone that what had happened, and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. And with the help of the Lord, I'd like to just share with you today a few thoughts on the, the concept of when an ordinary night becomes holy. When an ordinary night, that's why I said this kind of comes from a Christmas message. Uh, we sing the song, O Holy Night, in reference to the birth of Christ, and we're reading the story of the birth of Christ. But really, this has deeper ramifications than just letting us know about Bethlehem, letting us know about the Christmas story. I believe that God wants us to understand that your ordinary night could become a holy night. This Wednesday night could become your holy night. And there's some things I believe um, that, that happens to us when we have these experiences in God where we have a night that just seems to be average, but all of a sudden something powerful happens, something anointing hap anointed happens, and something that God does blows our mind, if you will. So I want to just share with you seven points that I pull out of this passage that lets you know that you've stepped into a holy night and it's not just any other ordinary night. The first thing that happens when your night becomes holy is glory shines in the midst of darkness. In fact, I believe this. I believe that the glory of God will shine the brightest the darker it is. And some of you that are listening and watching this tonight, you're dealing with darkness all around you. Your life seems to be enveloped by the shadows of that which is keeping the glory and the Son of God away. Let me just 
share with you and encourage you. Just because you're dwelling in darkness right now doesn't mean that it's dark. It just means that something is hindering the glory of God from reaching where you're at. But just hold on. Just like the night where the shepherds were there out on the hillside, the light is getting ready to shine through. The glory of God is getting ready to be revealed in your life because it's at the darkest moments where he reveals himself. I mean, think about scripture. Every time it gets the darkest for an individual and or the nation of Israel is when God steps in. You know, just the simple example is Joseph in his many steps from the pit to the palace in all the different ramifications of that journey, how oftentimes he was dwelling in the dark, but it was when it became the darkest that God revealed something and showed the glory of the Lord. You think about going forward, all the different Old Testament prophets and, and even the, some of the kings and the judges, all the way right down to uh, some of the things that we read in the New Testament, things like Paul and Silas in the Philippian jail, and they're singing and praising uh, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the dungeon, and it's at that point that, the, so if your night seems to be dark and you can't see the stars and you can't see the moon and you can't see anything around you, just hold on tight to the promises of the Lord because glory is getting ready to shine because it always shines the brightest when you're getting ready to step into a holy night. The second point is this that we pull from these shepherds, and that is it can cause terror for a moment followed by peace and awe. Have you ever had that time where you had that momentary doubt or momentary question because what God is trying to do in your life? Can I just tell you that that's normal? You're stepping into an area of life that you haven't worked in, operated in, lived in, and God is challenging you to step into a new area of living that can be fearful, but at the same time, as soon as it's fearful, the first words out of the angel's mouths that night was, don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Listen, my friend, if you're suffering through the darkness, get ready for the glory to shine. Don't let it freak you out. Don't be afraid of it. Just let the glory begin to shine, even though at that moment that terror could well up inside of you. But it will be followed quickly if you'll allow it by peace and awe. And uh, let me just add this on. It doesn't mean that it removes the troubles. Even though Jesus was born, it didn't remove the troubles around the, uh, the city of Bethlehem, around the Roman Empire, around the world for that matter. It Just because he was born, it didn't change the circumstances. It just now gave a light and a hope in the midst of the circumstances that the, the, the shepherds were dealing with in this passage at least. And we see it in the wise men and the disciples and humanity itself. Uh, so when your night turns holy, yeah, there may be a little bit of terror at first, but just hold on. It's going to be peaceful. And that peace is simply a tranquil spirit that leads you through the situation that you're in. I, I want you to notice that the darkness didn't go away. It was still nighttime. It wasn't like the sun came up at that point in time. They still were taking care of sheep in the dark, but now they weren't afraid because the glory of the Lord was there. The third thing that I want you to notice that happens when your ordinary night becomes a holy night is that there will be a revelation of Jesus Christ. 
Notice what the shepherds hear from the angels. The angels declare to him that this, the baby was born, the Messiah, the Lord, is coming. You'll find him wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. That's what they're revealing, another aspect of Almighty God now becoming a baby. And uh, some people caught it, some people didn't, some people refused to listen and accept the way that the Lord was working. But I want you to know that in every ordinary dark night where the glory of God begins to shine, even though it may be fearful and at the same time peaceful, what you're really going to see is a new revelation of Jesus to you. Uh, none of us know everything about Jesus yet. We've got a relationship with him. We're learning about him. But the Bible says that there's coming a day that when we shall, when he comes, we shall see him as he is, and that's what we'll become, um, and we'll be like him because we're going to see him as he is. So we don't even have, we haven't scratched the surface as to the depths and the contours of Jesus Christ yet, which will not ever be fulfilled until that day where we see him face to face. But until then, we can recognize piece by piece, little revelation here, little revelation there about who Jesus is. Paul said it this way, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. And it's through ordinary nights that become holy, dark nights that become glory filled, that you see another glimpse, a new aspect of Jesus and what he wants to be in your life. Um, it also, number four, it releases you to hear worship. Uh, we, we don't recognize this very often, but do you, you have to understand that when God made creation, uh, he created everything for a purpose. And when you recognize Jesus afresh, in the midst of a glory-filled, ordinary night that's becoming holy, you uh, become aware of everything around you, that they are all worshiping God, and you begin to hear their worship. Let me put it to you this way. Most of us don't understand that a tornado is designed to do what a tornado does, and when it does it, it's actually a worship unto God. A storm cloud is designed by God to absorb moisture from the earth, create a cloud so that it brings water back down to the earth. It's when the sun is designed to shine. The moon is designed to reflect the sun to the earth. Everything that God created has a designation or a determination of what they were designed to do. And when they are able to do it is when you begin to hear worship. Can I tell you that in those dark days where glory of God begins to reveal itself in our lives and we begin to get a glimpse of Jesus, all of a sudden everything around us begins to, you hear the worship, if you will. You hear the crash of the wave on an ocean front. You hear the winds that are, are, are whipping around you. You hear the, uh, the, the animal of the nightlife, if you will. And depending on where you live, that nightlife sounds are all different. But what you're really hearing is you're starting to hear the worship of creation. I believe this. I believe praise is, 
acknowledging God for what he's done. Worship is acknowledging two things, what God is or who God is, and not only that, but who we are in him and what we are designed to do. And when you begin to do what you were designed by God to do, that is true worship. And I believe that all of creation is moaning and groaning for the day of the Lord, but but at the same time, that creation, when it does what God designed it to do in the beginning, when it does that, it is an act of worship to the Creator. So every time a storm comes by and you see that rainbow in the sky, it's a reminder and it's a it is a sign from the Lord that says, I will not destroy the earth with water again. And not only is it that sign, but that rainbow is now worshiping the creator that created it because it's now doing, it's serving the purpose that God designed for it to do. And so that's the fourth thing. It releases you to hear all of the things and see all of the things around you that at one point was just hidden in darkness, that one point sometimes can even be a negative, and yet in the midst of that, you see the worship of creation. <clears throat> Number The fifth thing that happens when your night, your ordinary night becomes holy is you desire to seek him. The, the shepherd said, let's go see him. Let's go find him. There's something innate. You have to understand what was going on in this, in this passage the shepherds were not in Bethlehem proper. They were out on the hillside. They were outside of Bethlehem. But the, the, the glory of God shone so strongly through the angelic host, they, it caused them to be afraid until the angel talked to them, which brought peace and, and, and awe. They hear about this Jesus. A little bit is revealed to them about who this baby is. And they begin to hear the all of the angelic host worship and all of creation worship, and it causes and sparks a desire in them to get closer to this baby. Can I just tell you, when you see the glory of God shine in darkness, when you feel that terror turned into peace and the revelation of Jesus and the worship that's around you, it will trigger you and entice you and draw you into finding out more about this Jesus. Can I tell you, he wants you to search the, unrich, uh, the unsearchable depths of who he is. I said a little while ago, we've barely scratched the surface on who Jesus is, but because we've only scratched the surface, it means we have more that we get to learn. There's more we get to find out about Jesus. And these holy nights that overtake our ordinary nights are the impetus for us to continue to search, continue to seek, continue to look for. And uh, anytime you start looking for him, you're going to find him. Bible says it this way, the promise of the Lord, seek and you shall find, knock it shall be open unto you. And, and, and so just keep finding and looking and, and searching for him. The sixth thing is the more you desire to find him, the more you are propelled and empowered to speak about him. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, and I don't mean to be offensive, but I really have no time listening to somebody tell me about Jesus that hasn't been to Jesus. I preached on Sunday about Peter and John healing the man at the beautiful gate of the temple in uh, Acts chapter 3, and in verse 4, 
or in chapter 4, the council has them before and, and describes them thus. They were unlearned and ignorant men, but they knew that he, they had been with Jesus. Listen, and when, they, when, someone, when somebody's been with Jesus, they're propelled and empowered to talk about him. Those are the people I want to hear from. Those that have had contact, the, the ones that don't know Jesus, haven't had a relationship with Jesus, have, it's the reason why you have to ignore all the critics of Christianity because they just don't know Jesus. But if you've come to know Jesus, you're going to want to talk about it. And your ordinary night becomes a holy night. And that holy night, because of the things that we've talked about in the first five things, the sixth thing is, I want to go tell somebody about my Jesus. I love that song that we've been singing lately. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He can change your life. There's something that you can't almost help but to talk about him. You almost can't, it, it's, it, you're compelled to, to talk about him, to minister about him, to look for people, to introduce them to Jesus because Jesus will make such an impact when your ordinary night becomes a holy night. Amen. And then number seven, and this is probably something that you just kind of have to catch in the scripture, and that is simply this. You go from insignificant to significant. When your night changes from an ordinary night to a holy night, you become significant and not insignificant. Can, can I just remind you that we really don't know anything about these shepherds until their night gets shifted? They're just no-name shepherds out on the side of the hill. All they're doing is taking care of sheep. But because they were there in the midst of an ordinary night that soon was going to become holy, and because the glory shone around about them, because they were fearful and then they were peaceful, because they had a revelation that the Messiah, the Lord, was wrapped in swaddling clothes, they began to hear all of the worship around them, and then they began to say, let's go find Jesus. And then they went, the Bible says, and had to tell everybody and from that point forward, we're still talking about these shepherds some 2,000 years later. Think about that. From insignificant, we would have never talked about how many other shepherds were there in the region that night, but the ones whose night became holy were still talking about over 2,000 years later. My friend, if this thing called time continues for 2,000 more years, could it be that somewhere in some book, in some story, your story is referenced because you had a night that became holy? Or, or, or maybe not even as individuals, but maybe our church, maybe a, a particular group of people because an imprint was made. Listen, we're still talking about, it's 2022, it was 1906, I believe, and we're still talking today in, in Pentecostal circles about William Seymour and Azusa Street. It made an imprint. Well, what was really happening there? Their normal nights became holy nights. And their holy nights sprung forth from them. And we are still reaping and we're still talking about the significance of what took place on Azusa Street in Los Angeles, California, even here today in Coon Rapids, Minnesota, some 114 years later, 16 years later. Think about that. What could they be talking if the Lord should tarry? 
would they maybe be talking about you and I in the year 2000 or the year 2100? Could it be? Could it be? I don't know. All I know is this, is when your night becomes a holy night, everything changes. I want you to also notice as I come to a close tonight, you can't make your ordinary night become holy. You can only have eyes and ears and senses attuned to the moving of your spirit so that you recognize in that moment when God is making your night holy. I believe he does this more often than we even recognize or realize. And I believe that he wants to do it for us again. Let your ordinary become holy. Allow God's glory to shine round about you in the darkest of the hours. Don't be fearful. Just rest in the peace that he has you right where he wants you. Just open your spirit and your eyes to a new revelation of who Jesus is. See another aspect that you've never seen before. Listen and become partaker in the worship that's around you. It makes you appreciate the things of creation more than ever. Begin a desire to adamantly seek him, to go from where you're at to where he is, and then let that propel you to talk about him because at that point, no longer are you just an insignificant human being in this world. You have become a significant member of the story of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Would you just bow your heads with me now? Jesus, we love you and we praise you. I thank you so much for this evening to open your word. I'm asking God to make this night holy for somebody. Transform them from the ordinary into the holy and let your glory be revealed. Let your truth be revealed. Let us compel us to open up and make us thus significant in your eyes. We'll be careful to give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Just want to remind you as we close tonight, everything that's happening at Spirit of Grace Church this week, we have uh, Grace College and Catalyst tomorrow night. Ladies, come as you are event at 6.30 on Friday. Men, our prayer breakfast at 9 a.m. on Saturday, on Sunday, 9.30 Sunday school, including our all-in class, which is for newer members of our church. We want to just get to know you better. And we had our first one last Sunday, and it was wonderful. We're looking forward to having more join us this Sunday. And then, obviously, worship time at 10.30. I know it's a busy week at Spirit of Grace Church, but you won't want to miss any of it because God is moving among us. And where he is, that's where I want to be. May God richly bless you. Have a great rest of the evening and a great rest of the weekend.